0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to First Things First. I'm Jenna Wolf. Nick Wright, Kevin Wilds. we got Chris Broussard with us this morning. A lot to get to on a Tuesday. Korean baseball is finally back. We're going to break down their entire schedule. No, we're not going to do that. But Odell is fired up. Mike Tyson wants to mount a comeback. And if he plays today, apparently Michael Jordan would average 305 points per game. That's where we're going to start on this Tuesday morning. Our prime performance sponsored by Whole Foods Market. People are saying it. I'm just reporting it Uh, with the Michael Jordan doc upon us. The topic of just how many points MJ could drop if he did play today. That seems to be front and center. Some are saying as many as 40 to 50 a game. Kevin Durant agrees. Kevin Durant saying Jordan would be, quote, the best player in the league today. Broussard, you had a hand in igniting this debate, this discussion. We're going to start with you. Would Jordan have averaged 40 plus points per game if he played in today's NBA?
1: I am convinced that Michael Jordan would average 40 points a game. 50 is too much. Not quite 50, but 40 points a game. Don't Let me count the ways, Nick Right? Let me count the ways. Number one. It is easier than ever to get to the rim in today's NBA. And obviously, Jordan lived at the rim. The floor is spread, which makes it easier. And then defenses run you off the three-point line. They'd rather you take a two than a three. So Michael Jordan would get to the rim easily. And then when he gets there, there's no resistance. There'd be two, three players at the rim nowadays. When Jordan finished, there were routinely six and seven guys in the paint, and they could hammer you back then. Nowadays, they can't even touch you, and if they do, it's a foul or a flagrant foul. Oh, and Jordan also did that going to the rim, scoring at the rim, during the best era of big men we've ever seen. There was Patrick Ewing, Hakeem Olajuwon, Shaquille O'Neal, David Robinson, Alonzo Morney, Dikembe Mutombo, Mark Eaton, And you think he couldn't finish over JaVale McGee? Secondly, the (laughs) mid-range. He's arguably the greatest (laughs) mid-range shooter in NBA history. And I know Mike D'Antoni and the Houston Rockets hate the mid-range and all the copycats the same. But the guys that still do the mid-range shot dominate. How about Kawhi Leonard? How about Kevin Durant? Champions and dominant scores. Thirdly, three-point shooting. Jordan was adequate back then. If he played today where the three-pointer is encouraged and he would practice it more and he would be an above-average three-point shooter, not saying he'd be Steph Curry or Klay Thompson, but definitely an above-average three-point shooter, which would give him even more points. Finally, the pace of play is so much faster today. Jordan's last two years of averaging 30 points, 96 and 97. Teams averaging 96, 99 points a game, but Jordan averaged 30. 97, 96 points a game, but Jordan averaged 30. Today, they average 111 points a game. You don't think Jordan would get 40? I may be underestimating the man. Okay,
2: Okay. I,
1: I, I I love everything
2: you just said there. It was perfect, and you ended on a perfect note pace of play, because I'm just going to lay out some facts. You had a lot of supposition there, a lot of he would have gotten better at three-point shooting. I just know it in my heart of hearts. I'm going to give some facts, right? In the 90s, when Jordan won the titles, he never averaged more than, he averaged for the title runs around 31 a game, topped out at about 32 and a half. Now in the 80s, he had a 35 point per game season, and famously a 37 point per game season. Here is a fact. In the last 35 years, including this year and last year, the fastest pace of play was 1987, the year Michael Jordan averaged the 37. The 80s, not right now, were the highest scoring decade of the last 40 years and the fastest decade as far as pace of play of the last 40 years. Look it up. It's true. I know people don't like to acknowledge the facts, but those are the facts. We can deal with the three-point shooting in a moment, but I am going to force you as a vessel for all the people, my friends on television, Jalen Rose, who says he'd get 47 and a half, David Blatt, who says he'd score 50, uh, my my pal Mike Greenberg, who said he scored 45, to take that to its furthest logical conclusion, which is how do I explain this best to the audience? Think about money when we talk about inflation over years. This much dollars in 1985 is worth this much now, and then you do vice versa. You then flip it around the other way. If you are saying Michael Jordan would average 42, 43 points per game, when in the 90s, when he was winning, he never averaged more than 32, what you are saying is Kevin Durant, who you used, would struggle to break 20 a game that Kawhi Leonard would struggle to break 18 a game. Broussard, it can't only work in one direction. It can't only be, okay, if it's so much easier to score, then why aren't those guys scoring like that? Unless you believe Jordan's offensive game is just exponentially greater than Durant's. What you have to be saying is that the guys of Jordan's era, Dominique, would be at 38, 39 a game right now, and nobody's close to it. Jordan would be at 43, 44 a game, or does this math only work for your guy? Are we only doing this era inflation for your guy? If it's so much easier, let's take Durant, leave LeBron out of it. Durant, I think one of the top five offensive players ever. So he, he his points per game dropped drastically in Jordan's era, Right. No, Correct? No. He, he's down around Durant and no. Kawhi Why? would be phenomenal
1: scores even during that time. They're just not as skilled. Now, now, Durant is very skilled, but he doesn't go to the rim yeah, like Durant. MJ. Talk to me about Durant. He doesn't go to the rim like MJ. I don't know if you're throwing out biochemistry or what this strange stuff you're doing. Just because Jordan would score more in today's <laughs> game, I'm not saying Kawhi Leonard wouldn't score. Back in the 80s and the 90s? No, but that's Broussard. That's how it works. You
2: can't. No. Broussard, that is the logic of the argument. And the reason you're saying no is because that's where the argument falls apart. Unless you are arguing that Michael Jordan.
1: I am not arguing. Tell me why why he couldn't score that many points in today's game. Because in the history of basketball. James Harden scores 37.
2: he can't get to the, James Harden gets to rim No, James Harden, James Harden scores 36. James Harden scores 36, did it once, <laughs> and he did it on 13 three-pointers per game. Here's the full list of guys to average 35-plus in a season. Kobe once, Rick Barry once, Harden once, Jordan twice, 35 and 37, Elgin once, and of course Wilt five times. So take Wilt out of the equation. There is a, you can only take 35 shots per 100 possessions in an NBA game. Nobody's ever taken more. In fact, the only guys to take even 34 are Kobe, AI, Russ, and Jordan. So you've got to find where the points are coming from because we've seen Jordan play at the pace of this era, in a higher-scoring era in what i'm told was a better era of the 80s and he capped out at 37 so wilds find it for me find me the extra 8 points that get him to 45 points per game
3: the arc the arc yeah, can the i can i get you wilds. 3 points nick can i i can I sure. even get you 3 points like we've got the Kirk goldsberry graphic that we've seen and how the uh, shot selection and space on the floor has changed from Jordan's era to Harden's era. So basically it's the death of the mid-range. Everybody knows this. But then if you look around those long twos that D'Antoni hates, don't you think that Jordan could take some of those and force them to be threes, Nick? When we talked about his top two scoring seasons, Jordan versus LeBron, the three-pointers made the actual numbers here. Jordan made 12 that whole season. Harden made 378. So don't you think Jordan could take those 12 threes and maybe make, I don't know, seventy-five. I don't. I didn't do the math perfectly. And doesn't that get you to forty? It's a great. It's. It's a great question, and which is why it's
2: so perfect that we know the answer. Because during Jordan's era, they shortened the arc for three years. The, the, his first year back from baseball, and the partial year, and then the next two years. And amazingly, that shortening of the arc made a huge difference. He was an awesome three-point shooter those seasons because it wasn't a three. And then his final year in Chicago, they made it a three again. And through all his hard work and all his determination, greatest competitor, hardest working guy ever, he shot 23% from three. So no, I don't think magically Michael Jordan would have just been a great three-point shooter. Would Larry Bird have been a great three-point shooter in this era? Yes. You know why? Because he was a great three-point shooter in his era. He just didn't shoot a lot of them. Broussard, you know why we remember Jordan's six threes in the first half of the finals? Because it was shocking because he wasn't a three-point shooter. But in order to make this work, Broussard, you've got to give him credit for things he didn't do. I, if, if, When we talk about Kareem Broussard, we should talk more about his 100-point game. People forget about that. Oh, wait, we don't do that with Kareem because it didn't happen. We only Nick. do it with Michael Broussard,
1: and that's no, the problem. No. No, it's as simple as this. If LeBron James played back in the 90s, he would adjust to the physicality. People that want to say, oh, LeBron would struggle because it was so physical. No, he would adjust to it and be able to take the hard hits at the rim and still attack the rim like he does now. If Michael Jordan were in the day's era, he would practice the three-pointer more. And just like when he entered the NBA and wasn't a good mid-range shooter and became arguably the best ever in the mid-range, he would have become a good three-point shooter. That's all I'm saying. The game is built. Zion Zion. Williamson, Zion Zion. Williamson, who can't shoot and just stepped into the league, is averaging like 20 points a game in 20 minutes a game. Michael Jordan couldn't score like that in today's NBA. No, I'm not. Hold on. I am not arguing.
2: It's a straw man. I am not arguing. He wouldn't be great in today's game. He would be right now either the best or second best player in the league. No one denies that. But what you guys are doing, and it's amazing how it happens. It's all this around guys between 40 to 55 years old who either grew up watching Jordan or came into the league covering Jordan. They all swear that's the best era of basketball. It's an amazing coincidence how that happened. Not a lot of 35-year-olds saying it. Not a lot of 65-year-olds saying it. It's almost people that are tied to the nostalgia of their youth. But regardless, I all I'm saying is you guys are making the argument he would average 50% more points than Durant. That's where we're at. Durant's career high is 32. You're saying Jordan be at 45 in this era, and Jenna, I almost wish, and, and 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 I and if only we had something to see if this is a tale as old as time, of the old timers saying the rules have changed, the game has been easier. Jenna, do it, do we have any evidence that this predates Jordan, maybe? Oh,
0: but Nick. It's funny you should mention, we do have this little gem from back in the 97 All-Star game. Broussard, Broussard, watch this.
1: Would you like to tell Clyde how many points you would score if you played in the game today? How many points do you ever? Well, you got to understand, with the rules of the day, with the offense, not allowed to touch you, can't come in and put three or four guys around you when you don't have the ball. Probably about 65 or 70 might be a good thing, you know? <laughs> <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> All right, thanks, guys, thanks. Sounds
2: exactly like your argument But he's making it about 97 The rules today Can't surround guys Oh I would definitely average 65 to 70 Because dating back To Socrates Complaining to Plato Look up the quote about young people today don't respect their, old, their elders. The older generation has always said the younger generation has it easier. My generation was better. My generation was tougher. And it, all I have is all of world history to back me up on that. You do have, though, the idea that in my heart of hearts, Broussard, Jordan would have become Mark Price if he wanted to. He just didn't no. want to because, ah, eh, why do it?
1: Okay. See, you're holding on to this uh, uh, notion that athletes are automatically better today. Are heavyweights better than they used to be? Uh, I I'm don't not. think so. Every, You're not better just be, uh, because you, it's today. That's not true. I'll give you I'm the not. athletes are more I didn't say yet, Jordan but, couldn't hack it. I didn't right, say I, Jordan I gotta, couldn't do it. I, I simply
0: to this not, up, guys. Uh,
1: Paul Bunyan.
2: Okay.
0: Okay. Listen. One argument. That's all I can possibly say about it. I've said enough. Becky with Greg Jennings, we're drawing a blank now. Carson Wentz said yesterday that the Eagles drafting Jalen Hurts, quote, didn't really concern me and that he would be open to sharing snaps with the rookie. Or as my kids say, sharing is caring. But then two minutes later, they're totally fighting. So maybe it's not like my kids say. I don't know. Nick, Wentz and Hurts sharing snaps should have Eagles fans feeling blank.
2: Confused, like the audience probably is right now, as to why Wilds was laughing. So let me break the fourth wall and explain it. I right before the it. segment started, I said to Wilds, "Watch the first Jalen Hurts highlight. It is a brutal hold. The right tackle puts on number 91, truly, really but the opposing team it just goes uncalled, and that poor defensive end is part of a bad highlight package forever. He was being held obviously by 65, the right tackle for Oklahoma. But yeah, watch this. Here. I mean, this is just impossible. This hold right there." It's like, oh, they go of me. It's just brutal. I love um, it. By 59. All right. Now, more importantly, con- here's why they should be confused. Good teams with good quarterbacks don't split like quarterback <laughs> duties. I like Jalen Hurts. I like him as a prospect. I liked him as a potential, you know, is it Taysom Hill style weapon. And people will be like, well, what about the Saints? That, that famous 50 yard pass Taysom Hill completed in the playoff game was his seventh. Career completion with the Saints. He's 30 years old. He's not splitting snaps with Drew Brees. So I'm I'm a little confused, Greg, as to why this narrative has already started when you have a mid-20s elite level quarterback who you just signed to a massive contract extension in Carson Wentz. He is their quarterback, right, Greg? Like that's so I'm confused by it.
4: He is their quarterback, but he's showing the city of Philadelphia what true brotherly love is all about. This is what oh, it's about, you, so acquire, nice. you acquire a teammate and you embrace them for what they are, for what they potentially could be, for what they can add in addition to what you bring already. And so I, I just think that's what Carson Wentz is doing. He's playing this role, he's playing this part. He's being a consummate teammate. We've heard rumblings and grumblings about him not being a great leader and a good teammate in times past. And so I think this is a step in the right direction for Carson Wentz.
3: Hey, Nick, I went with Edelman, your guy Edelman. We talk about splitting snaps. Like Tom Brady didn't really split snaps with Edelman, but when Edelman's got the ball, when Edelman has completed a pass, the Patriots are five and one. He's five for six with two touchdowns, and teams got to you got to think about. Oh, is Edelman going to throw the ball? So maybe that's the closest thing we can get. They're not really splitting snaps, but it's just sort of a dangerous option out there. I, however, don't know if Jalen Hurts despises Nick, and I don't know if that sort of helps the competitive fire a little bit, Jenna.
1: Yeah, I
0: was going to say. In a rare Harris move, Wild Harris somehow brings us back to the that <laughs> uh, Let's talk some Cleveland Browns now. Odell Beckham released a video yesterday explaining how and why his rehab following core muscle surgery has been so intense. Says he's putting his body back together, and once that does happen, he's predicting a career year out there in Cleveland. Says he'll be bigger, he'll be faster, he'll be stronger, and that this is his time so, Nick, I ask you, Odell's the ceiling this season is blank.
2: First-team All-Pro. He's never done this. He was second-team All-Pro in 15 and 16. But if you look at the first-team All-Pro wide receivers last few years, Antonio Brown had an unbelievable run. He's obviously out. DeAndre Hopkins, believe it or not, has made first-team All-Pro the last three years, but he is now downgrading in quarterback, nothing against Kyler, but from Deshaun Watson, To Kyler Murray is a downgrade I wonder if Michael Thomas is going to have The type of eye-popping numbers Again this year, record-breaking at Last year, so I think there is a bit of an Opening for Odell If he does reach his Full, healthy potential Like he did his first few years In the league, of actually going A step higher, and being a first-team All-pro, Greg Jennings
4: This is all Baker Mayfield-based That's how high his ceiling is. It's Baker based. If Baker takes a step and forward and thrives and progresses, then Odell, we will see what he has always been in this league, an electrifying receiver that is dynamic once he gets the ball in his hands. That has not changed his workout regimens he's preparing himself he's doing the little things the fine details to make sure and to ensure to not only himself but the cleveland browns that he will be ready to go this year greg i went with wolfian
3: for mine and it's inspired by jenna wolf because both greg uh, greg jennings does conventional workouts when he's on instagram Jenna does stuff that kind of looks like break dancing. <laughs> Yesterday she was doing like a, a modified handstand and she was kicking it out like uh, crazy legs from the Rocksteady crew. You
0: do follow And me. then Odell <laughs> <Yeah>. is doing,
3: <laughs> Odell is lifting a bar over his head and he's got 10 pound weights tied to the end of it. And I texted Jenna, I'm like, what is happening? And she said, balancing that weight overhead strengthens your core and your balance and stabilizes the shoulder. So I'm going Wolfian because there's both doing exercises that I've never seen in my life.
0: Wait, then full disclosure, read the text that you responded to me with. Oh, I thought he was just moving his equipment into a sunnier spot.
3: So then (laughs) Greg, he's carrying the squat rack I thought he was moving the squat rack onto his tennis court. And Jed is like, no, that's a workout. He's walking with the squat rack. So the squat rack is a piece of exercise equipment that you're supposed to carry around? All pro. Nick's you know right? what I'm talking about, Greg. If you're carrying around squat rack, all pro. Uh,
0: can I just say real quick, I've been, Nick, this is for you. I've been down on Odell the last few years. I watched this video it was all business. I believe him. I'm rooting for him this year. He is Look, solely focused on making yeah. himself and his team better. I'm Listen, pro Odell. Uh, hey,
2: oh, America, America, America yeah. if you want to get Jenna Wolf on Odell's corner, just make it so the only way we will keep playing this video is for her to keep talking about it. It's like, oh, I gotta figure out something to say here, or they're gonna take this video off the screen. Can't move on to the next topic. I guess I'll just say something nice about Odell. I got no other choice. Go ahead, Jenna. Go, Jenna. Wild Go. start
0: of this. We got to move on. Plus, I think all my <laughs> lights went off. I think somebody really wanted me off screen. Uh, talking some Tampa Bay Bucks now. They have been the talk this offseason. That happens when you sign a Tom Brady and a Gronk. And when you have those two together in Tampa, it is the perfect time for a trademark. How about this? The Tampa Bay Gronkineers, which, which... currently has two active trademark applications pending not one but two nick the newest tampa bay gronkineer trademark is blank
2: it's party code and now let me explain what i mean here follow me down this path for a moment i'm from kansas city missouri in the state of missouri there's this area called the lake of the ozarks people might know about it now thanks to the netflix show of a similar name And if you live in a landlocked state like Missouri, you're always looking for a body of water. So people go to the Lake of the Ozarks. And when you're a teenager or in college and you go there, it's like, where do we go? Oh, we gotta go to Party Cove. It's so much fun. It's where everybody goes. And you get there and it's really pretty awful. But it's the only thing to do there So it's like, ah, eh, you make the best of it That's what Tampa Bay Gronkineers is For the Bucks Like, eh, It's the only thing we've got Are like Tampa Brady and Gronkaneers, And like, hey, maybe Gronk Will carry his wrestling belt onto the field It sounds fun But it's kind of depressing And it's like, wait, I drove all the way for this? So that's what it is It's Party Cove If, you, if you're from a landlocked state You know what I'm talking about It sounds good It's a little disappointing
4: though, Greg To me, it's comical. It's comical. When I first heard about it, I laughed. And and so I know that they're being strategic uh, and they're they're getting free marketing because we're talking about it all over every media outlet. So it's I guess that's strategic if you know that we're going to talk about it. But it's comical. They're going to play football, but they're going to also sell whatever they decide to sell, whether it be T-shirts, hats, little Tampa Gronkineer tiles, or what have you, but it's comical right now. All right, I've, I put uh,
3: my kids' artwork, and I'm about to do something that every parent does. Ready? When they, when their child brings home a piece of art, here it goes. I'm gonna. This will signify a new character. Ready? T- this is Kevin Wilds on Tampa Bay Gronkineers. Tampa Bay Grancaniers. Ready? Three, two, one. That's great. I love it. You work so hard on this. It's great how the red and and the Buccaneers, thing, that's fantastic. This is so good. I am so proud of you. Keep doing it. You're doing a great job. Your creativity is really shining through here. You're doing an awesome job. I'm not throwing this in the garbage.
0: <laughs> Five minutes later.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> all right, guys, we're going to take a break. Back here, first things first, talking to 49ers now and their continued love for Tom Brady. GM John Lynch said the team decided they had a long term answer in Jimmy G, but it was their responsibility to look into Tom Brady. Nick, I, I know this fires you up. What was your reaction to this?
2: I, the further quote is unreal. We went back and took a hard look at Jimmy. We grinded for a period of three, four days. And I think we both came back and said, you know what? We've got the long-term answer in our building right now. Can you imagine applying this to any other walk of life? Someone, you know, an old fling hits you up on Facebook. You want to leave your wife for me? It's like, well, after three or four days of reflection, I was like, nope, I'm good where I'm at. Like, what? I, why are you saying this out loud? Why do you keep telling America, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, that you're in like, not in love with your quarterback? So, Jenna, to answer your question, what my reaction was, my reaction was this, 1211 Avenue of the Americas. That's the address of where we typically do the show and where I can receive mail. All the Niner fans who were sending me hate all year, because I didn't believe in their quarterback, because I was being unfair to their quarterback, because I wasn't giving him credit because he actually had the best passer rating in the league on possessions following an interception, which is just a perfect stat and one people really care about. I feel about your quarterback the same way your coach and GM do, which is he might maybe be better than a 43-year-old coming off the worst season of his career. Like, Counselor, Your Honor, I rest my case on what Jimmy Garoppolo is and what Wilds, what his coaches believe that he is.
4: Uh,
3: okay, I have a few takeaways from that. Uh, Greg, and I'll kick it to you. The first is, I didn't realize you were getting that much physical mail at the office. of so 49ers fans are big fans of the written written words, so that's nice. So you have a big stack of, of written hate mail is nice. Uh, Greg, the question is for you. Is this really a concern that management needs to manage Jimmy G's ego? Are quarterbacks actually that fragile or is this just part of business
4: as usual in the NFL? It's both, but the quarterbacks are fragile. Um, and I agree 100% with Nick, and why would you ever even continue to talk about it? Your head coach has talked about it, and then now your general manager has talked about it. If I'm Jimmy Garoppolo, I, I can listen. I have a set of ears. If I can interpret what they're saying, they're basically saying, I'm the quarterback just for now, but for the future, there is some uncertainty. Obviously, if they were looking into... Tom Brady, the way that they had all exclaimed that they are. And so if I'm Jimmy G, I take I take some ownership and I do a real good self-assessment and make sure that I am the long term quarterback that they are looking for. Because right now they have some they have some preconceived notions that maybe he's not like I I don't know. And so he could be shocked. He could be replaced with a draft pick down, down the road. You never know. And if I'm Jimmy G, I want to ensure that I am that guy. So he better step up his passing game. We know that he can turn around and hand it off, but he better step up and, and be able to do some things damagely in, uh, in the passing game, dropping back and making sure he's accurate, consistent, and he's bearing the load, not so much that running game.
0: You guys make a great point. Nick, if you're Jimmy G, you just took your team to the Super Bowl. If you had one more quarter, you might have even have won that game. And now you're coaching your GM. They're out flirting with somebody else. Is Jimmy Garoppolo set for the future? I mean, could Brady have been a better answer for them? I and mean, what do what the next couple of years look like now when you know there's this little bit of doubt that has sort of crept into this organization with regards to their quarterback?
2: So a few a few things. One is, in fairness, if that Super Bowl went five quarters, I think the Chiefs probably win by 31 instead of by 11. I don't think it goes in the other direction. That was <laughs> no, trending gosh. bad for Jimmy G and the 49ers. I, I mean, listen, they were down 10 <laughs> with six minutes left. They won by 11. I don't think it was turning around the other way. But if the if the Super Bowl was one quarter less, Jenna, they would have been Super Bowl champions. And I, I, so I understand the point. Listen, it, what the Niners are making clear is Ah, uh, the divorce would be too expensive, so I'll stay. That's what it is. Do we think if Jimmy G wasn't under contract, they would have they would have chosen this? The Tennessee Titans have more faith in Ryan Tannehill than the San Francisco 49ers have in Jimmy Garoppolo. We are seeing that from choices they made. Ryan Tannehill was not under contract; they could have left. Rabel could have reunited with Brady; would have made perfect sense. Stay in the AFC. Warm weather, winnable division, and the Titans looked at their quarterback situation, Ryan Tannehill, for three or four days, and they said, let's give him $110 million bucks." The Niners looked at their quarterback situation for three or four days and said, I guess we'll stick with our guy who's 15 years younger coming off the best year of his career. That tells you everything you need to know. So, Wilds, I agree with Greg 100%. Yeah, that Jimmy Garoppolo should be renting, not buying, that he should not have full confidence that he is going to be in San Francisco long-term, Wilds.
3: I know. Well, the real estate in San Francisco is so expensive, renting might be the only option, too. Greg, I think the question here is, like, what is Jimmy G actually supposed to do? If he came out publicly and he's like, hey, I want to throw it around the field, turn me loose. Let me, let me sling it down the field. People would be killing him because they're winning games working how it is. So I don't know what the guy is supposed to do. To me, and tell me if I'm wrong, he is taking the game plan and winning games and then getting criticized for it. What is he supposed to do?
4: Well, it's not just about him taking the game plan and winning. It's the way that it looks. The optics are everything. And when you're a quarterback that was highly paid and you hadn't really shown a whole lot as far as leading a team to wins outside of the couple few wins that he won with the New England Patriots, you get paid, you come over here, and now you're the savior. You better play like it. We're talking about a franchise that was – At quarterback with Joe Montana, Steve Young, great quarterback play. He has to be that next heir apparent. And right now with what we've seen, it's not about Jimmy G. It's about Kyle Shanahan and his offensive scheme to get other guys open.
0: The 2020 NFL regular season schedule will be released on Thursday. Nick will have his grid all filled out about 10 minutes later because have you met him? Nicholas, what matchup you looking forward to most?
2: All right, Jenna, first of all, I don't appreciate you implying to the audience that I'm going to rush through picking all 256 games of this NFL season. <laughs> I don't that's take a, you longer that's than 10 uh, minutes. <laughs> inaccurate. It's an indictment on my take integrity. And so it, I will pick all 256 games. <laughs> oh, It'll take, take integrity me longer than 10 minutes. But of the 256 games that will be played, number one in my power rankings, Chiefs at Ravens. Clearly the two best teams in the AFC and. Keep in mind, this year, only one bye. So that's the biggest game of the NFL season, at least in the AFC, as far as determining who's going to be the one seed, who's going to get that super valuable Mm -hmm. bye. Chiefs at Ravens, whenever it is. If I had my druthers, I would hope that game would be week seven. Chiefs kind of hitting their stride, maybe pre-bye week, week seven in Baltimore, weather won't be terrible. That's what I would hope for. Kevin Wilds, go ahead, sir.
3: So I've got, I've got two games I really want to see. The first one is the Tampa Bay Gronkineers headed to New Orleans. It'll probably be later in the season if the season has to be shortened on the front end. My second game is still kind of in flux. It's whatever team takes Cam versus Carolina.
4: Yeah, for me, it's a rematch of the NFC Championship game. I would like to see the Packers up against the 49ers in the Bay Area again and see what that looks like for a second year in a row.
0: That was my game, Greg, as well. All right, time now for some stories to start your morning. It has now been, at last count, 55 days without sports So you can imagine our exuberant excitement when we learned Korean baseball was back in session. Opening day today, look at the smile on their faces. All the protective measures taken, including printed out pictures of fans in the seats just to make the guys feel warm and bubbly. Nick, you got money on any of these games?
2: Oh, great question. And the answer to that is no, Jenna. What do you think I am? I got to watch. I got to scout these teams before I can start gambling on them. Like, I got to watch some of it. Now, will I have money on them in the future? Of course. I. True story. Of
0: course you will. I
2: had a dream last night about doing a topic on Korean baseball. I was studying up. I felt totally unprepared. Keto, our boss, was like, No, we've got to talk about Zombie it. Live Sports. And I said, I don't know anything about him except the bat flips. He's like, No, we got to talk about it on the show. And so I was speaking that into existence because here we are talking about it on the show. I will study up, I will watch, and I will have takes prepared and bets prepared for you this time next week,
3: Kevin Wilds.
0: Thank you, sir. Good. You know, the
3: bat flips are an interesting thing. Mina Kimes wrote an article about the bat flips and how we're viewing them as disrespectful in in Major League Baseball, but in Korea baseball, it's just a sign of enthusiasm. It's not considered a disrespectful thing at all. So hopefully, with televised baseball now, the bat flip can become more normalized in regular MLB and people can start flipping their bats, you know, all over the place. It would just be wonderful for MLB once we get started.
4: i think it's great overall just to have any type of live sport being played whether it's in here in the u.s korean baseball um it's it's an outlet for someone someone who's going to watch and want to get away from what's going on around us uh, in our day-to-day lives i think it's great that we're going to see some type of live sport
0: all right good stuff on to marshawn lynch now how about this the 43 year old uh the 34 year old i was like that looks odd the 34 year old <laughs> running back in talks i know it sounded weird when i said it i had to look down on my script the 34 year no, old running back brady's said,
2: 43
0: that's true that's probably why and brady's going to be 43 uh, early august he's in, in talks by the way marshawn lynch to return To the Seattle Seahawks. Greg, let me ask you, does Beast Mode have anything left in his tank?
4: Man, you never know what Beast Mode has in his tank. I was listening to him last night on uh, ESPN, on SPV, and I just, you never know what he's up to. You're always uh, a little curious about what he's getting into and what he's involving himself into. Um, i would love to see beast mode back out there i don't know if it happens but hey i never put anything past the nfl or players coming out of retirement nowadays
3: nothing would make me happier to see beast mode back on the field the nfl is a better place with marshawn in it nick one of my favorite recent beast mode highlights was he was on a little cart and he was driving around oakland handing out beast mode masks he's the best guy ever no, he's a great guy. At this
2: point, he has a near universal approval rating, which is a long ways from when he was one of the most un- misunderstood yep. stars in the league during his initial run with Seattle. I, one of the things I despise about our industry is folks on this side of the camera assigning to pro athletes when they should hang it up. No, don't, don't tarnish your legacy to me. Listen... Marshawn, I think, had 12 carries last year in one game with Seattle. I don't know how much he has left, but if someone wants to pay him money to do what he loves, who am I to tell him not to? I I love him in the league, and if he wants to try it again, more power to him. Even if he were 43 years old, I'd say give it a try, Marshawn, if Seattle wants to give you a a contract, Jenna.
0: (laughs) Well, he will be one day, just like I will one day be 43. On to Green Bay. The storyline since the draft has been what kind ago. of relationship? <laughs> okay. The storyline since the draft has been what kind of relationship will Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love actually have? Former Packer AJ Hawk said, "Quote: This story will not go away. Greg, you see this as a cloud over the entire season? This relationship?
4: I really don't." I really don't. And it's all up to Aaron. It's it's like last year when we had this Matt LaFleur uh, experience in his initial year and what we all thought. I thought it wasn't going to work. I thought there was going to be friction. And there still may be down the road. Obviously, um, the road is here. But I think this is all predicated on Aaron's experience with how he entered the National Football League and what it looked like for him with his relationship with Brett Favre and what he did not like about that. I don't think that that would be an approach that he would take. I had a similar kind of entrance. And for me, every individual, every receiver that walked into that building After that, I embraced, I took them under my wing. I made sure that they knew I was in their corner because of my experience and how ungrateful I felt of walking into that organization. So I just, I shouldn't say ungrateful I felt, how ungrateful others treated me or whatever the case may be. But I don't think Aaron Rodgers would be that guy. I think he will open his arms up to Jordan Love and embrace him.
3: Nick, I kind of agree with Greg here. I don't think this is going to be a big story all year long because I think the Packers are going to be good. And this kind of just drifts away until maybe it pops up around the draft next year.
2: Yeah, I I respectfully disagree with both of you. And it's not because I think Aaron Rodgers is going to act poorly. I think Aaron Rodgers, to Greg's point, is going to treat Jordan Love well and is going to probably treat Jordan Love better than Brett Favre treated him because he understands what that experience was like for him and how uncomfortable it was. But the reason this story isn't going away is because it would appear there are influential people within the Packers organization that are trying to turn the narrative against Aaron Rodgers, that are trying to turn the, the power structure of the team against Aaron Rodgers, and that are waging some type of through the shadows, and then also through the draft war against the greatest player, arguably, in the history of their franchise. Rodgers knows that. He can be relaxing and chilling on mountaintops on Instagram, but he knows what's going on behind the scenes. He knows somebody talked to Bob McGinn to give him some of the background or off-the-record quotes in that article. And because of that, this is going to be a bubbling story all year long And if the Packers don't win the Super Bowl, and let's be honest, we know who's going to win the Super Bowl next year, it's going to be an even bigger story next offseason when you start to look at Jordan Love, Aaron Rodgers' contract situation, and all of that moving forward, Jen.
0: Nick, let me just follow it up with this. I think what was once an absolutely preposterous idea that the Packers would ever part ways with Aaron Rodgers now, on, uh, seemingly over the last couple of weeks, it seems like it's coming to fruition. Is there any possibility that Aaron Rodgers would ask for a trade? He's been really great, really great to Jordan Love, but at some point he says, This is not what I want anymore?
2: I, it's 0% before this year. But after
0: this year,
2: when all of a sudden his cap hits $34 million, the dead money's $31 million, it seems palatable. They would have to eat that money, but they would get massive draft returns for him. It, it's it's in play. We all focused on, Greg, the first-round pick, Jordan Love. The second-round pick the Packers made was just as perplexing. They took a bruising running back that was not on Pro Football Focus's top 250, and the narrative is we are trying to turn into a more of a smash-mouth, hard-nosed, running football team if that continues i do wonder if Rodgers presses the issue a bit similar to how the packers pressed the issue greg by trading up in this draft to ostensibly prematurely draft his replacement.
4: i honestly don't think he will press the issue i don't think he will make uh this a public stunt if you will um if anything He'll do things behind the scenes. He'll he'll make sure that his sentiments are felt behind the scenes because that's the way Aaron Rodgers likes to work. He might send out some, some subliminal messaging, you know, via social media or even within his interviews. That's what he tends to do. And people will catch wind of it and then they will interpret it however they so choose, which is what Aaron enjoys. But I don't think that he's going to try to force the issue. He's... Look, he's the Green Bay Packer legend. He took over for Brett Favre. He got booed when he took over for Brett Favre. He then got everyone to jump on the bandwagon and support him, and he brought a Super Bowl championship to the Green Bay Packers. He's not wanting out. He just wants to understand and know what is really going on.
0: And this idea of the Packers turning into a running game, a running team. You have Aaron Rodgers. Why not play to your strengths? You have the biggest strength. All right, let's end with some Mike Tyson now. The 53-year-old Tyson, how about this? I got that age correct. Planning to make a comeback. 53 years old, and that's 15 years after retiring. His trainer said Tyson's hitting with the same speed and power as 21-year-olds. Says he could be back in six months. Greg, I'll throw it back to you. Is this realistic?
4: Look, did you see that footage? <laughs> Is it real? Up, I, know. I would, I would, I would pay pay-per-view money to watch Mike Tyson back in the ring right now to date. He looked fierce. I, there would be individuals, I guarantee, that would still have a huge amount of fear going into the ring because you just don't know what to expect. I would love to see Mike Tyson back in the ring.
3: Nick, I think this is more uh, fire than smoke here. I think this might happen. Look, he said he wants to get back in the ring for charity, but someone's going to sit him down and say, hey, we can make X amount of money for charity, but if you do a real fight, we can make a ton of money. The uh, Mayweather McGregor, Mayweather made 275, and McGregor made 130. He could probably get north of that, Nick.
2: I don't know if he get north of that, but he certainly could get well into eight figures. He certainly could get at least 25, 30 million bucks. And all the dopes on Twitter who are sharing this video are like, would you step in the ring with him for, ni- for 90 seconds for 20 grand? For 20 grand? That just covers my burial. Of course, yeah, we all want to see him fight. <laughs> we would all pay for it. And no one wants to step in the ring with Iron Mike, Jenna. Nobody.
0: We gotta go. See you tomorrow, everybody.